garlic bread is my favorite food. I could honestly eat it for every meal. You get fat. No, why would I get fat? Bread makes you fat. Bread makes you fat? Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 141 of the Rough Cut Retrospective, your favorite podcast that brings you discussions about movies and pop culture, all amidst the world burning around us. I am one of your hosts, Jackson, and it's lovely to be back. Along with me is maybe the best Mario Carter I know. He uh, shreds the piano keys, and he is a friend of a friend. Please welcome Mr. Carter Sims. You made me swallow my gum. Hi. I'm going to be in there for seven years. <laughs> What's up, dude? Hey, buddy. Good to have you back, pal. How you been? I, I have been. It's been a lot these past couple of weeks, but I'm glad to be back. I'm doing good. Good. Um, and I'm just ready to pod with you, buddy. It's been too long. I had it to has. take a little hiatus, but, but yeah. Well, welcome back. Um, and again, shout outs to Davey for filling in last. Yes. For you. Thank you so much to Davey. Good. Love boy. that guy. Good. Good boy. He he helped us, gave us a solid. So, but it's good to have you back. I'm happy to have you back, buddy. And should we, let's just do it, man. Let's just dive into it, buddy. Tell me something, boy. Tell me something, boy. What are you into this week? Mr. Sims. Well, um, I'll leave some of the newsy stuff to you. Cause I know you want to talk some talk some ish but for sure things i've been watching i've been on vacation um mm-hmm. so i've been uh in vermont and cape cod with lauren <gasps> uh yes your future home i was mm-hmm. uh scouting it out for you it's lovely out there jackson you'll love it um so i've been out there kind of been traveling a little bit so i uh watched a few movies with lauren this week do you remember the movie dog jackson dog Yes, it came out uh, last year. It stars Shanning Tatum and a dog. Do you remember this? Oh, yes. Yeah, I remember we, we talked about it for the draft as like a joke, but it actually did like decent. <laughs> yes, I it think. did. Um, so Lauren and I checked it out and I warned her that it might crush her. I just had a feeling that this movie would crush her. And she's like, I'll be fine. And I think she'd be okay if I said on the pod, she was sobbing unlike I've ever seen before. <laughs> Uh, dog stories are crazy unfair like they they really get to you it's they really do and it really got to rise and uh she was weeping it was remarkable in fact weeping so much that when we woke up the next morning she was like my head hurts from crying yesterday oh so, i know that feeling that's so tough it was brutal so we checked that out but to lighten the mood then a couple nights later i watched for the first time jackson the hannah montana movie oh <gasps> I, don't, I actually don't know if I've seen that one. I hadn't either. And boy, Lauren was shocked that I hadn't seen it. Uh, Lauren's mom was shocked I hadn't seen it. Pretty much everyone on vacation was shocked that I hadn't seen it. And uh, Is that where the climb debuted? It was. And wow. boy, Jackson, that that and the hoedown throwdown cinema. <laughs> that um, Now that was a big part of our uh, high school dances or our middle school dances, I should oh, say. Oh, yeah. That was a moment. Um, yeah. So check that out. Uh, that was pretty good. Um you know, as good as, you know, Disney Channel movies can get, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was nice. And then we'll talk about this more next week. But uh, I have completed my Mission Impossible rewatch. Wow. Um, I binged them all this week, traveling and just chilling out. And I'm ready to go see uh, Dead Reckoning tomorrow, hopefully. And I got to say, Jackson, I know you're not there yet. I know you're still working on your binge. But, man, these movies just get better and better. I will say that. Oh. I so, agree. I agree. So yeah, that's uh 
that's kind of what oh and the last thing i checked out mm-hmm. the uh the 19 kids and counting documentary you- <gasps> i did too i did too oh um Let's talk about it for a second let's crazy um, the duggar documentary i don't know yeah. what it's called it's called shiny happy people yeah. um and i guess i was going and just thinking it was going to be about like the duggars and how mm-hmm. messed up they were but then i all this cult stuff and this church cult and like mm-hmm. the joseph generation i was like oh my god this is stuff i didn't even know about and it was pretty wacky um i mean i used to watch that show did you used to watch 19 kids in county no like, but like tlc was always on like oh yeah at, like somewhere like i saw it all the time growing up and like tlc is just kind of a, a little evil channel when you think about it it's kind of shout out Zazloff. kind of a fucked up situation yeah yeah totally uh so but, yeah that was pretty eye-opening and frightening and i hadn't realized madison cawthorn was a part of all that too that was a fun uh that was that was a fun realization because that dude is a straight-up nazi um (laughs) fuck that guy uh so yeah go check that out if you know the duggar story a little bit it was pretty fucked up so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. check that out um but what about you jackson you've you got a lot to catch up on here you've been gone two weeks yeah, so I've been gone for two weeks. Um, two weeks ago, my grandma passed away, and so that was kind of uh, it was really unexpected. So we were kind of dealing with that, um, with like planning the funeral and stuff. Um, and then this past weekend, a uh, friend of the pod, Quentin Mayo, who was on the um, Matthew McConaughey pod, yeah, he got married. So I was in that, and that Shout was out. just a blast. Very nice. Um, and then. Yeah, and then this week, uh, tonight, actually, we're signing a lease officially for a place in Burlington, Vermont, which yes. is so exciting, and it has been so stressful, and there's still <laughs> a lot to go. Um, yeah, we had a lot of events that took in, that kind of like derailed our moving stuff, and now we're picking that mm. stuff back up, and it's just been a whirlwind, so shout out to Abby for making that as smooth as possible. Yes, um, shout I out. I would not be... Uh yeah, <laughs> she she was a very very great girlfriend these past couple weeks. Um, on top of that, uh, I'm into two other things. Uh, one being I started the Mission Impossible binge, and we yeah. have seen four of them as nice. of right now. Very nice. Um, I gotta say, compared to the Fast and Furious binge I did, this is way easier, <laughs> way more entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're free, which is nice. Very uh, nice to rent them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gotta say, I think the third one out of the four is my favorite so far. Nice. And I was kind of shocked to see you gave it like three stars. Um, but you know, I think it's great. I thought you it was know? really fun. Philip Seymour Hoffman was crazy in it. Yeah, he's awesome. I think by far, well, maybe I shouldn't say that to spoil it, but he's one of the best villains in the series. Um, mm. So he's great. Yeah, I got, I had it at four stars and I bumped it. I just bumped it down a little bit on Pond Rewatch. Um, I don't I don't know why, you know, I just had a feeling. So bumped it down a little bit. So Tom Cruise, man, he is just he's saying some of the stupidest lines, but like it works for some <laughs> so reason. So convincing. Like it's yep. either the third, it's either the third or the fourth one where he's like falling off a building or like scaling a building and he lands on the wall and he just goes, Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. And it's like, what are we doing? Is <laughs> yeah. this what this movie is? But oh, it works, awesome. you know, he's got the charisma. Uh man so, yeah, I've wrong. been watching those. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I talk about the Duggar documentary. I've also started on Max. There is a uh, new Superman cartoon called My Adventures with Superman. And so far, there are only two episodes out. Mm. But it is so charming. 
and is so that far, the, is that the Jack Quaid one where he voices Superman? It is the Jack Quaid one. Yeah, Got he's it. voicing Superman. He's like a twenty-year-old Superman. He's an intern at the Daily Planet. They're changing some of his origin stuff in a way that's pretty interesting. Mm. But it's like very classic, like, like uh, I don't know, just like a Boy Scout kind of Clark, not like this Man of Steel stuff. So if you're wanting something like fresh and fun to hold you over until Superman Legacy, like I think this is really good so far, and you should check it out. Gnarly. Yeah. Beautiful. And, uh, yeah. Then, then of course, we have some news that we want to talk about really quick. But, but yeah, that's all I'm into as far as uh, watching stuff. Amazing. Well, let's let's throw to it. It's been a minute. Let's go to Newsflash. You think you're too cool for school. But I got a Newsflash for you, Walter Cronkite. You aren't. And uh, lots wow. of stuff has happened in the two, uh, the two weeks, uh, mm-hmm. interim, I would say, that we haven't discussed. Since we just mentioned Superman, I think we should start there. What do you say? Yeah, so we have uh, a lot of casting announcements as of this week, but we yes. haven't talked about the uh, the first initial casting announcement, which is that we have a Superman and Lois for the James Gunn upcoming Superman Legacy. So we have David Corinsweet, who is playing Clark Kent, and we have Rachel Brosnan. That's her name, right? Rachel Brosnan? Brosnahan, I think. Uh, Brosnahan, yes. Yeah. From... Uh, uh, a marvelous Miss Maisel who's playing Lois Lane. So I think those are pretty good. I don't what, like, what do you think? I'm a fan of that. I clear, I obviously know more about Rachel Brosnahan. Um, mm-hmm. I know David Cornsweet, you know, was in Pearl and like, um, he's mm-hmm. kind of involved he's in, in like the show the, called uh, Hollywood on Netflix. Yeah. He's in the Ryan Murphy world a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, so I've seen a little bit of him, but not a whole lot of him. So I'm excited to see him. It's because he's a re- pretty relative unknown ish to me. Um, I think yeah, similar to it's kind Henry of funny because this was. Yeah, for like the past two years, he has been kind of like the nerd community's like number one pick to play the character. Oh, and he's never like once like pitched for it. Like he's basically not on social media like at all. Nice. Um, but it worked out that he got it. Like he he screen tested with a couple other actors, and uh, yeah, he got it. And I think that's pretty sick. Um, on top of that, though, they announced four other characters that are going to show up in Superman Legacy. I imagine they'll be like really small roles. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna get a uh, hot girl played by Isabella Merced, who I did not recognize until I looked her up, and she is Dora in the live action Dora the Explorer movie. Oh. <laughs> Which is kind of fun. Good for her. Uh, we got, uh, uh, I want to say Edie Gathigi, who will be playing Mr. Terrific, which I think is a really fun character, and I'm pretty excited to see. Um, uh, Eddie or Edie was uh, Darwin in the X-Men First Class movie, for those who don't know. And I, I think that's pretty good. I think he needs some justice uh, that's, coming back. Uh, that's the character that can't die that died, right? That died, yeah. It's <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> it's so dumb. He's literally been like hurled into other dimensions and like he can live, but like he died. He ate a fucking uh energy like ball or whatever, and then he just like exploded <laughs> from the inside. So stupid. Uh we got Anthony Kerrigan who will play Metamorpho. Um, Noho Hank, which I think is pretty exciting for us yes. very fans. I love it. That's a W, I think. I'm it's curious dead. to hear him without his uh fake accent so that'll be kind of fun <laughs> yeah it's crazy i've I've seen like a few interviews of him in his normal accent and i'm like oh you forget that that's what he actually sounds like is he so american like is he just like a regular ass dude yeah 
That's so funny. I can't, I can't even imagine that. Um, and then finally, and this one's kind of controversial. I want to, I want to get your take on it. We have Nathan Fillion who's confirmed not for Hal Jordan, who he has uh, played in many animated movies and series, but he's actually going to play Guy Gardner, Green Lantern. Yes. Um, I don't know much about the gal, the Guy Gardner character other than like mm-hmm. two years ago when they were doing they were going to do the lantern show on max and they yeah. mm-hmm. didn't they cast someone different it was that uh yeah it was a different dude i can't think of his name right now oh what was that guy's name i'm looking at him i'm looking at a picture of him hold on finn whitrock that's who it was yes mm-hmm. um so i think people were are people mad that he's just older or what's the what's the beef i think i think people are kind of like well why not just make him how just because like he's been like everyone's favorite choice for Hal Jordan for like 20 years. And we all thought he was kind of too old, but then they like threw him in this. And I think people are kind of weirded out. Cause it's like, well, Hal Jordan is supposed to be the first human green lantern. And if we go for a younger guy, does this mean that this Nathan Fillion has been around or some people who are like being like a lot of Snyder fans I've seen online have been like really disingenuous and been like, Oh, it's just his friend getting a paycheck. But like uh, Nathan Fillion clearly cares about like the Green Lantern mythos a little bit. Like clearly he's been attached to this stuff for a while. But yeah, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm definitely uh, interested for sure. I just, I, yeah, I think like my biggest surprise is that like they went with an older guy for for that character. But you know what? That's totally fine. I I love Nathan Fillion. So hey, you know what? It could have been like uh, could have been Jennifer Holland. You know, so we'll see. Could have been. We'll see where she falls in in, in the play, but uh. And then, uh, yeah, yeah. do you want to give us our other update for our newsflash? Yeah, so obviously all these people are going to be in Superman Legacy, uh, which is supposed to come out in 2025. Um, However, Mm -hmm. that may be pushed back even further now because (laughs) um, who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Today, uh, uh, July 13th, this is a Thursday that we're recording, um, the Screen Actors Guild uh, officially went on strike today. Um, for very similar reasons to why the writer's strike is going on. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of it having to do with AI and not being fairly compensated. And the studios want to do some really fucked up stuff with AI. One of which oh was an article you sent uh, the group today about how they wanted to scan background characters or actors face and then mm-hmm. just use them in perpetuity without giving them royalties or paychecks or Isn't anything. Isn't that awful? That's so fucked. And oh. that's, uh, I think that's the scary thing that everyone was like, they won't do this, but they want to do that. So, and think about how crazy that is. Like, extras in a scene is like the bare minimum of like realism, and you just want to like CGI them in. Like, that's, that's so weird. Oh, it's bad. Like, all oh, your I movies will be in so Candy Valley. It's, it's, yeah, it's bad. And um, it's just so unethical. Like, fuck that. Yeah. So they're on strike now with the writers for the first time in 60 years. Uh, that they're both on strike. Um, That's so, awesome. uh, the Directors Guild, I mean, it seems they've reached a preliminary deal, so they're chilling. But, I mean, nothing can go on right now. As long as, yeah. you know, people are in SAG. Like, there are some exceptions, you know? Like, there are, like, British actors, international actors who, you know, may not be part of SAG that they can still mm-hmm. make things. But, uh, like, one example was kind of House of Dragon. They could continue if they wanted to, mm. per se, because a lot of those... Uh, actors aren't just strictly SAG. They're just like UK based. So mm-hmm. it's interesting. Some can continue, but I mean, then you have writers who are in SAG or in the, the writers yeah. guild. So it's a sticky situation. A lot of movies are halting production. 
Um, so there may be significant delays. I feel like this is going to last a long time considering that the writers guild, the producers, I mean, someone in the circle kind of let loose this week that they plan to just make it so they can't not work anymore. So they're trying to just like, they're going to lose their, the writers are going to lose their apartments and their houses until they, they reach a breaking point where they have to work. That's the goal. So it's that's, bad. That's so maliciously evil. It's and really these bad. Execs, just remember that these execs do not do anything to contribute to the art. They are right. just like leeches that uh, back the stuff and then rake in the profits and mm-hmm. forever rake in the profit profits because of uh, streamers and not paying people properly. And it just, it sucks. And uh, yeah. Yep. Give so it's hell, uh... Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> nice um so yeah we'll see we'll continue <laughs> to keep tabs on that see what happens there but yeah as of now it's probably going to be a while till we get some new mm-hmm. stuff that's not uh already in the pipeline that's been paused so 2024 we're in for a, a ride i think so we'll see but uh we support the writers we support the actors and we support the artists so regulate ai i Woo. say figure it out Fuck um, you, AI. Yeah. Speaking of AI, the Wonka trailer. Nah, I don't want to talk about that. Oh my god! Wait. <laughs> Do you want to talk about I, it? I hate to say it. I don't think Timmy is maybe the best pick for this movie. Uh-oh. I don't know if he's whimsical enough. What about Hugh Grant as a Noopa Loompa? Huh? I hated that. That was <laughs> a nightmare. Yeah, that was a little scary. Um, but you know, happening. Paddington director. Like, I think it's yeah. I think it's in fair hands, but I don't know. We'll see. Seems kind of pointless and stupid. We'll be covering Wonka. We'll have to get Corbin on to talk about Wonka since he hadn't watched Willy Wonka that one time. <laughs> I'm sure he has since, but and he did he stuff. he traded it away, right? Uh, I think he or did. Does he have Wonka still? I can't. I, I think Jeff I think, has it then. I think he traded with Jeff for Maestro or something. I can't remember. Yeah, or if it was vice versa, I don't know. But uh, yeah, that's all the news I got. You got anything else? That's it for me. Amazing. Shall we dive in, Jackson? Let's move on to I'm ready for my close-up. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. We didn't even mention what we were talking about at the top, so this is exciting. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, uh, this episode, uh, if you haven't read the title or looked at the image, uh, we are going to be talking about Scott Pilgrim versus the world. You know everyone, right? Yeah, pretty much I do. You know this one girl with hair like this? Yes, that's Ramona Flowers. Hey. She's a little hardcore. What? Scott, I forbid you from hitting on Ramona. Hey, what's up? Am I dreaming? If we're gonna date, date? You may have to defeat my seven evil exes. I'm talking to you, Scott Pilgrim. Scott! 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 Scott Pilgrim. We need to play now and loud. Sounds like someone wants to get. Let's do this. Funky. Prepare to feel the wrath of the League of Evil Exes. This is happening, right? Uh-huh. Amazing! Garlic bread is my favorite food. I could honestly eat it for every meal. You get fat. No, why would I get fat? Bread makes you fat. Bread makes you fat? I'm jealous. Sorry, you were saying about me? I thought we had a fight going on here. Ah! 
Yeah. He seems nice. Really? Yeah. Let's go get a beer. That's great. Uh, which was released in 2010 and directed by Edgar Wright, who you may know uh, from Baby Driver, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, World's End, Last Night in Soho, uh, the good parts of Ant-Man. And yeah. <laughs> Man. Good stuff. The big what if. Um. Yeah, exactly. I know. Would have been amazing. Um, the log line, uh, which I grabbed from Letterbox, I thought was pretty fun. First, there's a tagline that says, an epic of epic epicness, which I thought was pretty <laughs> great. Um, and then the log line goes, Scott Pilgrim is a 22-year-old radical Canadian wannabe rock star who falls in love with an American delivery girl, Ramona Flowers, and must defeat her seven evil exes to date her. Pretty great. Beautiful. Radical Canadian. That's how I want to be described. That's awesome. <laughs> I know. It's pretty pretty nice. Uh, with the cast of Michael Sarah, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Ellen Wong, Kieran Culkin, Woo, Allison Pill, Mark Weber, Johnny Simmons, Jason Schwartzman, Anna Kendrick, Aubrey Plaza, Chris Evans, Brendan Routh, Mae Whitman, and Brie Larson, and like a bunch of other people. It is a crazy stacked cast. Maybe one of the most stacked casts ever. True. Um, besides like barbenheimer stuff coming up but uh yeah super fun cast uh the box office this is interesting it had a budget of 85 million dollars and there's kind of like a rebate so it was like 60 million like there's some weird rebate with the filmmaking so it was like 60 million dollars kind of nice but it only had a box office of 49.3 million dollars so this was considered a, a huge box office failure Um, which is pretty interesting now because I feel like it has this cult, uh, classic kind of, uh, it it kind of has a cult, it's like a cult classic, I think, um, which is kind of something that I feel like is hard to have now Mm -hmm. just because like, because like today, like every now and then you see streamers just like removing movies because nobody saw them enough times in like the first month or yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I, I just feel like studios and and streamers just have no faith in projects anymore, and so they'll just rip them out, like and and throw them away in like a little vault forever. And I just don't know if we're gonna get cult movies like that because like this, if this were were the case, we'd never we would never know about it probably, which is kind of a bummer because I think this is a pretty special movie. Yeah, I totally agree on the on the cult movie side. Like a lot of yours and mine favorite movies are are, are cult movies that don't you know I mean. I mean, Blade Runner was a, a bomb, you know? Like, Yeah, exactly, yeah. I, like, all these movies that age well over time, I don't know if we're going to get that anymore because guess what? Studio chicantery, executives trying mm-hmm. to make a quick buck. So, yeah. So, when movies like this come a, a, around, um, savor it because uh, this is a, this is a diamond in the rough, I would say. And the audience was wrong in 2010. I'll say that. They well to be fair, the reviews were good for the movie. Like people who saw it really liked it, but oh, like it just didn't show up, stir up enough. Yeah, like not enough people came. Like the word of mouth, I guess, wasn't enough. Damn. Um, unfortunately, which kind of stinks. But um, relatively speaking, though, a pretty, I guess it's like kind of expensive for the time. But like now, every movie's like two hundred million dollars. So like, I feel like they yeah. they did it all right, even though they lost all the money. But um, Carter, when was the first time you saw this movie? I don't really, it's one of those movies that I just know that I had seen. And like, mm-hmm. I don't really remember when I saw it because it came out in what, 2010. Yep. So mm-hmm. I would have been 13. Um, yeah. <laughs> I probably watched it just like on T 
TV on cable someday. I definitely didn't watch it in the theaters. Um, yeah. So I guess <laughs> I was I was part of that non-box office. Sorry about it. Um, but yeah, I remember watching it probably in high school was the first time I watched it. Um, and this was the first time rewatching it maybe since. So I did tell you before we started that oh, I bumped wow. it up okay. half a star. And uh, that's yeah, awesome. It's uh, I really enjoyed it upon rewatch even more than the first time. I remembered things uh, that that's great. just aged well better. I hadn't. I had forgotten things that I was like, oh, this is awesome. And and yeah, I really enjoyed it. Well, when was the first time you watched it, sir? Yeah, I'm kind of in the same but with you as far as like, I don't actually remember the first time I saw it. I know it was like around high school because yeah. like, I know the first Edgar Wright movie I saw was Shaun of the Dead and I really liked it. Mm-hmm. And then I think I watched Hot Fuzz and then Scott Pilgrim. Nice. Um, So like, it wasn't like my first uh, first uh, Edgar Wright thing, but like I do, I do remember just like like instantly liking it, and it's it's just so weird, and I think it just appeals very much to high school uh sentiments. But yeah, totally. it, it's it's really fun. Do you have any initial thoughts on the film before we jump into some more detailed stuff? Yeah, I will say I have never watched. I'll just say I've never watched an Edgar Wright movie that I didn't like. Uh, Mm -hmm. he has an amazing track record because I just think he is a guy that just know who loves movies so much has seen like a shit ton of movies, references these movies and knows how to make a movie. Um, so I really enjoyed this. This movie is definitely made in the editing room more than anything. So absolutely. Yeah. I appreciate that a lot. It reminded me of kind of like everything everywhere all at once, just in terms of Mm -hmm. just the impressive feat of the editing of the movie. Um, So just that's my initial thought was just like, wow, this is really impressive. And you can definitely tell they put the time into every single little detail. So those are my initial thoughts. What about you? Well, I was just going to say really quick, uh, whenever you said that, it reminded me of the fact that we watched the trailer for this movie before we, before we recorded. (laughs) Yeah. And like, it just doesn't capture the magic at all. Like, I don't think they knew how to market this movie. Like, which is maybe why it flopped also. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, like, like the editing is so much of this movie and they just, and the music and we'll get into that, but like, they just couldn't capture it in the trailer. And I think that's totally part of it. But yeah, my, my initial thoughts overall, I think Edgar Wright, is one of the most visually inventive creators of like our time, which is like really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, I think this film is like a great, like this is a great example. If you want to like for like the film school kiddos, if you want to understand like what an auteur film is and like understand like how the director expresses himself in like this and like how his like visual style and editing style is so distinct and you can pick it up and, like whatever movie you're watching that's his like you can tell that it's his like yeah. i think this is a great example of this like it like it delivers like the perfect like classic comedic editing that he's known for and then like he mixes it in with this like deep love for music and video games and just pop culture in general and it's just mm-hmm. so so much fun like this is not like heavy cinema but like at the same time it's just like the best most fun uh, and ridiculously off the walls like that movies can get with that carter let's move into great scott great scott Woo! all right we're going to the time capsule of 2010 uh what a time i was 12 you were 13 mm-hmm. man what were we up to who knows who cares um I don't know, man. <laughs> 
So yeah, Scott Pilgrim versus the World released August 13th, 2010. Uh, other movies that were released on the same day. Do you want to take a guess? I have two that are worth mentioning. Ten. Um, what happened that year? Um, uh, True Grit. <laughs> uh, I have nothing. No. <laughs> I, I might have. Uh, on the same day, Eat, Pray, Love. And nice. the Expendables <laughs> were released. Well, no wonder <laughs> it failed at the box office. Expendables. <laughs> I know maybe. it was in the shadows of Eat, Pray, Love. Julia Roberts um, magic. Other movies that were released in 2010 include Inception, Iron Man 2, The Social Network, The Last Airbender, and oh. Spickle Me. Yikes. So Last Airbender. A lot of bangers, some fi- some flops. Yeah. With the <laughs> yeah, the last airbender, not super great. Um, songs that released this the same year we have "Only Girl" by Rihanna, nice. "Airplanes" by B.O.B. and "Teenage Dream" by Katy Perry. I can see and the middle then, school uh, dances the, right now. Ooh. Oh, I know. Ooh, airplanes go so hard. Um, yeah, but <laughs> especially as a kid, um, <laughs> the pop culture events of 2010 that I think are worth. No, I don't know. I don't think they add anything to the movie, but I do think it's interesting. Uh, the Haiti earthquake was in 2010, the BP oil spill, and uh, a little band known as One Direction debuted as well. <gasps> oh my God. What a year. What a yeah. tumultuous year. Wow. I know, right? A lot happened. Mm-hmm. A lot happened. <laughs> um, The pre-production of this movie is not super... It's kind of interesting, I guess, on the timing of this. Um, and I'll get to that in a second. But uh, so I don't know if you know this. The the movie Scott Pilgrim versus the world is based off of a uh, kind of like a like a graphic novel. I don't know if you knew mm-hmm. that of the same name uh, who was. And this was created by Brian Lee O'Malley, uh, who did the first volume of Scott Pilgrim. Um, and like after he did the first volume of Scott Pilgrim, his publisher uh, contacted Mark Platt to propose a film adaptation. O'Malley had mixed feelings uh, about doing this film adaptation originally stated that he quote expected them to turn it into a full on action comedy with some actor that I hated. Uh, (laughs) But he also went on to state that he was a starving artist and was like, quote, please just give me some money, (laughs) which is also (laughs) so real uh, and so fun. I believe at the start of the production of this movie, they only had two of the six books finished. So, but by the time, like this goes into like developmental hell for a second. So by the time they get around to finishing the movie, they had all but one of the books finished. So, um, kind of interesting in that, in that regard, um, universal contacted director, Edgar Wright, who just finished the 2004 released Shaun of the dead. Uh, he became interested after getting the pre-release edition of the first graphic novel during the Shaun of the dead press tour, which I think is pretty cool. That's very cool. Um, Edgar Wright cited Mario Brava's 1968 film Danger Diabolic as an inspiration for his film. Uh, I had to look this up because, like, it's some weird old film. Yeah. Uh, it was featured on Mystery Science Theater 3000, if that gives you any oh, idea of what amazing. kind of weirdness uh, it is. Um, but he liked that the film adaptation had a try anything approach and wasn't concerned with looking realistic, which I totally get what he's what talking about mm-hmm. whenever you think about this movie, because the effects are so cheese and camp and fun. And like, it just works like it's I don't know how to explain it, but like it just works for this movie. Um, 
the sec the second draft of the script became the uh, which became the main draft of the film was submitted right before the writer's strike of 2007 which i think is really oh. interesting the timing of all this with the writers and the sag strike going totally. on right now um and so like they didn't do production until like after that so then it like took forever for them to film so like it's kind of crazy like it started in like 2004 basically and uh took until 2010 to get released um the film's ending is unique to the movie as the final book of the graphic novel wasn't released at the time Uh. um they were given notes about like the final book and like what happens in it but like no material from that book was included in the film um some ideas for the film's ending were cut before production such as scott turning out to be a serial killer who likes video games and gideon uh who plays who's played by jason schwartzman turning into a transformer style robot which i think is uh kind of fun (laughs) (laughs) that's crazy yeah that that's a lot of the pre-production stuff i got some more fun facts later but uh oh baby yeah do you want to move into you did it congratulations Carter, what works about this movie? Um, a lot of the things we already kind of mentioned, but obviously the comic inspiration um really works. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm excited. Like I think they announced like earlier this year that they're doing like an anime uh on Netflix. Yes, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. like all the with Edgar Wright coming back and all the voice casts. Yeah, like that it's is so, so cool. So I think we're just gonna see more of the style that it's inspired by. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. the comic inspiration is just so cool. All the words on the screen, like when the phone rings, it, it, it the rings come out of the phone. When they turn yes. the lights on, it clicks. You see the word clicks. When Michael, yeah, when Michael Sarah screams, you see like the ah uh, on the screen, which is pretty fun. It's awesome. Um, and like when the band's yeah. playing, all the like the lightning bolt effects and like the mm-hmm. the sound waves. It's all, it's just a visual spectacle with all that. And then like with the video game inspiration as well, which is obviously very heavy uh, mm-hmm. in the movie, um, all the battle scenes, the fight scenes, you see all the words like kapow and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's like just these little details of like, he goes to the bathroom and he has to pee and his pee bar is full and it empties. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like just these little details. Uh, again, that's kind of with the editing too which we talked about Absolutely, all these yeah. cool transitions, these title, they give everyone title cards like suicide squad, but it's way more charming in this mm-hmm. movie. Um, all these quick, a little bit cuts, different for sure. Very different. Uh, but the editing is just so it's just so mwah. it's chef's kiss. Cause every single no, totally. scene, every transition is like not just an ordinary transition. There's something fun about it. Uh, um, yeah, I, I definitely think as far as like the, um, like adapting from a graphic novel, like besides mm-hmm. like Spider Verse, I feel like this is like the like one of the great examples totally. uh, for how to do it. Like it just leans into the the camp of it. Um, but yeah, I I do love those uh, like the title cards that pop up, like especially when they're in like uh, they're in Scott's apartment with uh, him and Wallace, and it just labels who owns everything. It's just <laughs> Wallace's TV, Wallace's coat hanger, Wallace's bed, and it's just like it's pretty funny. It's great. And then there's even these transitions in between scenes too, like a graphic mm-hmm. novel, like it has the words like, meanwhile, like it ha- it does all of that and explains what's happening. And because it's so camp and so cheesy and fun, like you don't mind that 
because that mm-hmm. could be considered a you know a crutch in some movies you know where they have all these title cards like where we are like i think of the gray man all the time now when i think of the title cards of locations <laughs> and things um so yeah it's just very charming and, and funny because the movie is just so inherently funny at its core with every little mm-hmm. thing it's doing so it all just really works man i don't know what about you no totally i, I kind of want to back pack off of that really quick too i Please. i think it's in- interesting how it like blends also like just like comic and video game stuff and like yeah. like the whole like video game narration stuff which is by the way bill Hader. i don't know if you knew that <laughs> i incredible um, as which I, is the just movie so started. fun i was like wait is that bill Hader? it's awesome <laughs> i've never <laughs> noticed that before like I, I. I love it great um yeah i don't know like the way like you could just commit to one or two or none of, of those things but to to combine like multiple aspects of like the the comics the video game stuff the comedic bits mm-hmm. the like the music like it's just so many different things all at once but packaged so nicely together like it has a nice synergy to it yeah. um you you talked about uh yeah like the video game references like the i loved like how they got like the legend of zelda music like whenever they're all sitting around the table talking about like oh scott's dating a high schooler and it's just like whenever the secrets revealed like the music that plays when you find the secret stuff in zelda like plays it, it's it's very clever it's um, even like it's at the very, very clever the very beginning where just like the universal logo is just like an 8-bit like logo yes the, mm-hmm. it, it just sets the tone immediately it's yeah great. do you do you want to talk about the music really quick i guess that kind of transitions yes. into that like the the 8-bit universal theme mm-hmm. is really fun i yeah, think the, perfectly nails what it's going to be mm-hmm. um the really music just is just i don't know it's like this like it just takes you back to like mid-2000s punk grungy rock and it's just great. And all the songs, like, even though they're really silly, like from Sex Bob's band and then uh and yeah. band, like the music's good. Like, I don't know if you've so ever good. I'm sure you've listened to the soundtrack, the full soundtrack of this movie. Oh yeah. I, I need to own it because they just whenever me and Abby celebrated so hard, whenever they re-released it with Brie Larson's recording yes. of uh Black Sheep by Metric. Uh mm. so much fun. I I have that pl- song on multiple playlists. I think it is easily the best song in the whole movie and just like one of the best like movie songs it's so fun it's great and and yeah i think when they re-released for the 10 year they released all this on vinyl and stuff so i i want to yeah i would listen to that Mm -hmm. a lot yeah i need to grab one of those uh so yeah the music's just so good and like even though they're singing about garbage men like it's it's just really it's good (laughs) i don't i can't explain it. it's just really good so you know who do you know who writes uh the music for it no was it beck I know you did something. It was songs. Beck, yeah. Oh my Beck god! And metric. I'm, <laughs> yeah, super fun. But yeah, music, yeah, I, I really, really like the music. Also, I just really quick while we're talking about music, the title card intro is easily my oh. favorite title card of any movie because, like, it just it's young Neil and Knives sitting on the couch, and they're just like start they start playing their song mm-hmm. and the room just gets longer and longer and longer and kind of just like breaks the fourth wall a little bit yeah and like the like the big logo of scott pilgrim versus the world then it ducks underneath the couch and it's just like oh it's such a satisfying it just it's so hardcore like i just love love uh love that part mm-hmm. it's so nice yeah it's just again mm-hmm. great way to set the tone of the movie it's awesome music is sick um mm-hmm. What else do I have? I only have, I just have one more overarching thing, which I think okay. is always fun going back 
and watching movies like this when people got big, but to watch a cast that was not really big at the time, uh, mm-hmm. to just like, you, you know, you have Kieran Culkin, you have Anna Kendrick, Chris Evans, Brie Larson, uh, Aubrey Plaza, like all these stars mm-hmm. before they really blew up, just having a lot of fun in the same sandbox was just delightful to watch. No, I totally agree. Uh, yeah, this is like pre Parks and Rec Aubrey Plaza, I think. Mm-hmm. And like, it's like Michael Sarah hot off of Arrested Development. Like, a lot of these people were like, like plucked at all the right moments just yeah. to, to make the cast so special. Totes. Love it. You got anything else? Um, I have a few more things. Yeah, I want to th- shout out some bits that they do that they just commit to really good. Oh, please. Um, one where Michael Sarah throws a hat on to cover his hair like almost instantly anytime <laughs> somebody mentions his hair. So funny. Um, there's this scene where Knives shows up to his apartment and Wallace opens the door and he's like, Scott's <laughs> Scott went out on a walk and then he jumps through the window because I think he just left. It's so funny um that's amazing uh, like the stunt person actually did that too which is great like there's some behind the scenes footage of him like running and jumping on a trampoline through the window it's so cool um there's this awesome montage where michael Sarah's getting ready and then like he <laughs> there's like a 20 second shot of him tying his shoes like so <laughs> slow and it's so funny and then sometimes they'll do like this one they do, they do this one bit that i think is so good where he uh it's after he like hooks up with ramona and like it's like a Seinfeld kind of bit where like the music, like the bass lines playing, yeah, and like the audience is laughing and ooing and on and like that stuff's just so stupid, but like it works, it works. so well in this movie. It works. It's it, awesome. Oh, it's just so great. Uh, the, another bit um, and, before we go oh, on, go on, another bit I like is when he when he tosses the book. Uh, I just all I know is I love that bit just because it like I know that they took like a hundred takes to just him toss the book yeah. into the trash can over his head, just incredible so 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 small like one second of the movie dedicated to that and they did like all of that to just so he could actually nail it so cool my research found that he did it in 30 takes which is a lot but also like really impressive at the same time (laughs) given that that it could take for like a no look behind the back shot yeah oh it's great and it works and it looks great it's great i think i think that footage is like on twitter too if you want to look for it of just uh the repeated throws and, and misses, the which is pretty, pretty satisfying. Pretty satisfying. Also, I just really quick wanted to shout shout out the uh, the action. Just like is really fun. It's yeah. very anime, um, in a way that I think is like maybe maybe this movie helped like mainstream uh, anime for people. I don't know. Like I think this is like one of those interesting uh, movie examples, especially now when we're getting like a lot of like like one piece on Netflix and uh, mm-hmm. the cowboy bebop on Netflix. Like this is like one of those like ones where they did like a, an anime and in, like an in, uh, inspired style and it works really well. Yeah. Um, where I feel like a lot of those have not really worked out so much, but, but this one does it really good. And I kind of love to, at the same time, how, like the movie is just about music and then all of a sudden he's like fighting this dude who's shooting fireballs at him and like never at any point are we like like the audience isn't like how is he good at fighting like why is he so awesome at this and it's just like this kick-ass sequence of him throwing symbols at dudes and turning them turning them into coins and stuff after he punches them really hard and i think that's neat it's super neat agreed yeah do you have a favorite scene 
I have just, I could run through them, but I just enjoy every X fight scene. Um, I wrote down every single one. Uh, okay. So, I mean, we already mentioned the first one where Matthew Patil shows up. Um, Mr. Pilgrim! It is I, Matthew Patel. Consider our fight begun. What did I do? What do I do? Just excellent. Really sets the tone when he starts singing and Anna Kendrick's like, what? And then like, and then we're just fine. We're in. No one else questions it at all at any point. Yeah. Because everyone is just under the impression that this is goofy, but it's just how it works. It's great. He does a little musical number. They call him a pirate and uh, it's, it's just awesome. And then the garbage man song also leading up to it is, is amazing. Uh, So that's my first favorite scene. Um, do you have any before that that you want to mention before I kind of roll through? Um, I will shout out the party scene. I think it's pretty great. Uh, we get to see the the dude yeah. from uh, New Girl. I can never think of his name, but the actor's name. He plays Robbie from New Girl, and he's just like, uh, "Hey, have you seen Ramona Flowers?" And he's like, "Oh, or no." He he draws like this doodle of her, and he goes, "Oh, that's Ramona Flowers." <laughs> and like that 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 stuff is so fun. It's fun watching Michael Sarah try to like talk about Pac Man. Uh, with her and like it's just like so embarrassing and cringy and so much fun i I like the party scene yeah that was a good scene so i like the battle of the bands the first one i like chris evans a lot i like the lucas lee fight where he he is uh his stunt doubles show up with the skateboards and shit out of him beat the shit out of him and then he gets him to be destroyed just by convincing him to grind a a, a railing all the way down until he explodes. Stairs, yeah, <laughs> I love when he's walking away. He he sends the stunt team to to fight him, and we just have this sh- tracking shot of Chris Evans. He looks at a text, and he's like, "Ha ha ha! That's actually hilarious. I love that yeah, so much. <laughs> that quote is so funny." <laughs> and I just love the era where Chris Evans was just a shit heel for a while before he became Captain oh, yeah. America because he's, he's so good up at in it. That. He is so good at it. This and Fantastic Four. He he's really really good at that. So yeah, I like him playing the uh, just kind of the sellout action star, which is what he you know kind of is now. Uh, I won't say mm-hmm. it, but I did. Um, so yeah, Oof. I like that scene a lot. I don't know, but he he'll he'll bounce back. You know, he'll be in the anime. He'll be fine. So yeah, but I'm gonna say that my favorite scene is the is the envy show leading into the battle with Todd. That I agree. I think this is favorite. the best fight for sure. Yeah. It's sick. And just leading like the song is awesome. Like I wish it went longer. It's in the so good because watching Brie Larson play this, this rock star is really cool. Really good. That guy on base. Oh yeah. That's Todd. I know. Oh yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Oh no. Hello again. Friend, I knew you were. I come and go, was waiting for the world to end. Now that I think 
think it's my favorite Brie Larson character. Just so fun and different than like a lot of the stuff she plays. Yeah. Ugh, it's it's so fun. Yeah, she's great. And then the battle with Todd. He's a Brandon Routh. I think I like this the Superman. most because it is <laughs> Superman and we have that yeah. baggage at this point. So when he's like floating, hovering above the ground, it just adds a layer of like, oh yeah, that's Superman. It just and he is just the perfect himbo character. Like he plays, <laughs> like he's been on the CW for such a long time and stuff. Even like oh, yeah. he is so good at playing like dumb, lovable, like dog of a person. But he's also like evil in this too. And he like he punches the highlights out of Knives' hair, which he is punched so the highlights out of her hair. And then all of his vegan powers gives him like telekinesis and like it just looks sick <laughs> as fuck and it, it's cool. And the base battle, oh, so much yeah. about that scene is so good. <laughs> and then the vegan police show up. The vegan police. <laughs> and they arrest him because he had, uh, what was chicken it? Chicken Parmesan. Chicken Parmesan. He's like, chicken parm's not vegan? <laughs> it's great. Uh, and he had a gelato, I think, maybe. Yeah. He's like, it's, it's milk and eggs, yeah. bitch. It's... <laughs> Oh, it's great. It's just such a good fight. Being a vegan just makes you better than most people. It's 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 great. It's all of it's so good. So it's so funny. That is my favorite fight. Um, yeah, do, I agree. Do you enjoy any other scenes? I just wrote down the other three fight scenes also. So um I just love any time uh we get to see uh may whitman who is the uh evil ex girlfriend roxy um i just think she, yeah she's so fun just because like michael sarah and her obviously worked together in arrested development where she mm. played uh <laughs> egg um which is super fun <laughs> playing as the ann on nose's face just so great like she's just so fun uh you may not know this but she's also the voice of katara in the last airbender which is oh, super fun really? oh yeah, cool. she's great. I, I I really like her. So it was fun seeing her. She gets um, I really so many. She gets so many good lines. She's like, "Your BF is about to get effed in the B." Effed in the B. <laughs> she gets some great so ones. Uh, and then yeah, she gets defeated fun. by just you have to touch the inside of her knee. <laughs> <laughs> she just crumbles. Well, it's also like I can't fight a girl, and so it's like Ramona like puppeting him to fight yeah. her. It's, it's it's pretty fun. It's great. It's great. Ah, then I have the the Katayangi twins. That whole band battle is just mm-hmm. the one of the more visually cool moments of the movie, where the dragons mm-hmm. kind of fight the whatever giant bear thing they make, the, like Yeti or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just a good scene. And then that's where we see Jason Schwartzman for the first time too, who is eating mm-hmm. it up. He's just tremendous. Uh, which leads me to the Gideon battle, uh, which is great because. He fails the first time and he has his, his extra life. So he goes back and just does it all like a badass and just skips through everything. Tells the bouncer his hair is stupid. And he explodes. It's great. <laughs> the second battle is awesome. And then when Knives shows up and they have the little, the two player mode, I love all that. But, mm-hmm. but I think my favorite scene by far is the, the envy show into the fight scene for sure. No, I agree. Yeah. That's, that's such a killer, a killer scene. Do you have a favorite quote? Uh, yes, I do. Um, which one do I want to pick? Uh, I like, okay. So the, the guy from new girl, I don't remember his name either, but at the party, he's talking to somebody and he's like, you know, so I told him you've got a really good sound and I think that you should market your sound to deaf people. Just (laughs) a really great quote. I love that. That's, that's, that's That's great. What about you? 
Um, I have a couple on here that I'll share, but my favorite is... You once were a vegan, but now you will be gone. Vegan. <laughs> That's so funny. He's like, vegan? And he just kicks him and he explodes, and it's amazing. So um, my other favorite quotes... Uh, I quote this one a lot, where I just go, so sad. <laughs> um, I do that one a lot. Abby quotes, bread makes you fat. She She quotes that a lot, which is fun. And uh, then I just have to shout out young Neil where knives goes, what do you play? He goes, Zelda Tetris. It's kind of a hard question. <laughs> I like when young Neil gets upgraded to, you will now be known as Neil. Neil. Love it. <laughs> so many good quotes. Gosh, it's so fun. Also really quick. I do want to shout out where like the evil Scott comes out and it's like, Oh no, are we really about to get another fight scene? And then it just cuts to them like walking out as friends. They're like, Oh yeah, we have a lot in common. We just shot <laughs> the shit. Like they're going to get break. <laughs> yeah. So fun. Great stuff. Sweet. Should we move on to Houston? We have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. Yes, let's do it. Uh, the one thing I I always pick up on us when we watch a movie, an R-word alert. Uh, there's a drop of the R-word. Mm, yes. uh, and mm-hmm. I don't know if it was... Is it Kim? Does Kim say it? Kim says it, yeah. When they're walking yeah. to a gig, mm-hmm. I think. Their gig. I usually... I, I, like, I think I caught that for maybe one of the first times on this watch. I was like, oh, whoa. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't notice that. Uh, obviously the high school girlfriend storyline is a little sketch, but yeah, Scott should not be dating a high schooler, <laughs> even though he's, he's not doing like the whole point is to show that like, obviously this is a bad relationship. Yeah. Like you should not be with a high schooler, Scott. You were 22. Mm-hmm. You got other places to be, man. Stay yeah. away from the 17 year old. Yeah. And they do make a good choice at the end where you think for a minute she, he's going to end up with her, which would be really mm-hmm. bad. A really tough ending. Oh, so. yeah. I got stuff on that. We'll, we'll oh. get into that in a little bit. Oh, oh, I can't wait. There's some interesting stuff there. That's uh, um, yeah. yeah. That's all I really have in terms of things that really jumped out to me that were like, ooh, mm-hmm. that's not good. But what about, what about you? Do you have anything other than that? Yeah. Um, Scott dating the high schooler was my main one. Um, yeah. Also, I just want to say, I think like the reason the X's work and we talked about this too is just because they're so stacked so whenever we get to like the twin DJs I feel like that is just kind of a lull in the movie like it's a cool like visual but like there's not enough like quippy dialogue going on and like everyone's just kind of like yeah there's like literally no speaking lines and like where I think like the first with the first evil X like he's not like a well-known actor or anything but like his stuff is so weird and like fun and like there's a like a song that he's singing and weird <laughs> vampires like I think that stuff works but this yeah. one just doesn't this one is the weakest part of the movie I think for me I agree uh, I, I guess because I didn't even remember that they were part of the X's I didn't even remember that they were twins I remembered every single other one upon rewatch <laughs> like every bit that was gonna happen yeah and I just did not uh pick up on that i did misremember though because i thought that brie larson was one of the exes so i mi- misremembered that Well, she is but she's scott's ex right yeah. I, yeah so yeah that's all that really jumped out to me it's a pretty solid movie super fun shall we move on to you like me you really like me and i can't deny the fact that you like me right now you like me yes tell me how many oscars it didn't win 
This had no Oscar nominations, um, which sucks. Apparently, my the sources I found said it made the shortlist for best visual effects, okay, but did not make the cut when it came to the actual nominations. So, damn Inception. Uh, that's a bummer. I definitely think it should have been nominated for like editing. I feel like that's like easily, totally. and then like I don't like uh, original song maybe. Like I don't know, Ooh. maybe like. I don't know if like metric made black sheep for this movie or what like, I, I think if, if they did, I think black sheep should have definitely got nominated for original song. Cause it's just so much fun. Can but, I like, tell yeah, you the, the, music, uh, I think. the original songs of this year? I just pulled them up. Oh, please uh, do. We have, we belong together from toy story three, Randy Newman action. We yeah, have, sure, sure, sure. we have country strong from the movie country strong. Did you watch country strong? Jax? <laughs> I don't know what that is. Uh, we have I See the Light from Tangled, pretty solid. Yeah, and then we have a movie from 127 Hours. So, don't know that one. So, mm. I think it could easily slid in here for sure. That's yeah, I a, think so. Even like saying. garbage. Can you imagine if Garbage Truck got an Oscar nomination? Like that'd be sick. Ah, oh, just be so cool to see Michael Michael Sarah up there on stage singing the song. Yeah, <laughs> love that. So good. Um, Golden Odie, who you given? The golden Odie too. I have to have to give my golden Odie to Kieran Culkin. He valid is so valid. Awesome in this movie. He's in every every scene, kind of just on the sidelines as Scott is fighting. Uh, always telling him just like fight. He's playing like his gay best friend. They have such a fun dynamic. He's stealing all the yeah. He's like stealing all the boyfriends. Yeah, he steals uh, turning people Kendrick's. gay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, I love the bit where they keep waking up and there's a different guy, but in they, the same they wake bed. up in the same bed. And then why do they then, share a bed? Maybe get your own bed. Awesome. I, don't know. I think that's funny. He's like, you're gonna have the mood. Uh, you're gonna. I'm gonna need the bed this week and the rest <laughs> of the year. He's just, he's awesome. He's lovely. He's wonderful. He's perfect for this movie. Yeah. And I'm giving my golden Odie to him. Also, uh, Emmy nominated. Just Emmy nominations came out, so I'm rooting for him to. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Get that dub. So we'll see. What about you? Who's your golden Odie? Uh, yeah, I had to give my golden Odie to Brandon Routh just because yes. he is the best evil ex. So evil, so funny, so himbo. I love him. He's great. He's really great. Um, uh, yeah. What about your squeaker? I have two squeakers. One is going to be controversial, Jackson, maybe. And we can Ooh, let's hear it. pack it. The first one is I'm giving my squeaker to the marketing team behind making the trailer for Scott Pilgrim totally. vs. the World. Totally. It just is like, Scott Pilgrim is an ordinary call. And you're like, what? That's not the vibe at all. So It uses like this super generic song that they play. In, and like you see them playing instruments, but it's like implied that like that's the song that they're like playing almost. And like the vibes are so off for it. It's just not what it it's, is. It ain't it. The 10-year re-release reunion uh trailer is uh way better i will say yeah quicker gets mm-hmm. to the point uh i'm giving my squeaker jackson to just the character of ramona flowers how about this <gasps> interesting all right how let's about hear it. this uh i think i think i am comparing which is probably unfair since we had watched eternal sunshine i'm comparing her to clementine a lot because they give mm, off the changing the hair colors and the just yeah. the manic pixie kind of thing. Yes, they're giving off the same vibes, but for some reason, I, I just really ride for Clementine more. So I'm pr- I'm playing comparison games, which I really shouldn't, and I'm grasping at straws, but I'm just wanted to bring a hot take onto the pod for people. 
but I like it. It's a, it's a, you know, at the end you're like, really, Scott, you're going back to her, you know. But I'm just, I'm. Just, wow, Carter I'm, says, wow, why aren't you dating the high schooler instead? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. really what problematic. I'm problematic for. Totally. I wanted him to get back with <laughs> Allison Pill. What a girl. What a girl. Why not? Why not? Uh, that's just my hot take. I'll just throw that in there. What? Well, who's your? Who's I like your that. squeaker, buddy. I have to give it to Scott Pilgrim. He's like <laughs> so funny, but he is definitely the worst person in this show or in this movie. Just <laughs> constantly, this it's such a different. Like people say that Michael Sarah plays like the same kind of character, but this guy is like so confidently like set in his own ways that like he's never played before. Yeah, that like I don't know, like. It's so funny too, like like the whole like mute. Anytime they're in like the music shop talking about like oh like taste and who has good taste, who has bad taste, and what's good, mm-hmm. what's bad. It's just so. It's such like the perfect writing for someone who's twenty two, like who thinks they know everything, <laughs> and it's yeah. just like I don't know, just like especially about like talking about music and stuff like that. Just felt so uh, relatable, but yeah, Scott Pilgrim he needs the squeaker for dating a minor. <laughs> That's true. We'll definitely give it for them. Sweet. Uh, let's move into some trivia with Shirley, You Can't Be Serious. Shirley, You Can't Be Serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. I got just a few for, actually, more than a few. But I got some for you. Nice. Sebastian Stan almost played the role of Lucas Lee over Chris Evans, which is kind oh. of fun because he plays the Winter Soldier to Chris Evans' Captain America. That's kind of neat. That's very fun. Uh, the stunt doubles of Lucas Lee were Evans' actual stunt doubles. That's awesome. Cool. Uh, The movie took place in and was shot in Toronto. And the producer, Miles Dale, called the film the biggest movie to ever ever be identifiably shot in Toronto. Because, like, anytime you're filming it, like, for a setting in New York to save money, you you film in Toronto. So, like, (laughs) there's so much stuff shot there, but never actually shot and set there. So that's kind of uh, fun there. All the band members of Sex Babam had to learn how to play their instruments, with the exception of Michael Sarah, who had been playing bass for like multiple years at the time. So like he already knew how to shred on bass, which is what a guy. Um, going into the original ending, which I uh, talked about, Mm -hmm. Scott and Knives Chow were going to end up together. Um, they shot this. Oh. And they screened it to test audiences, and they were kind of divided. <laughs> and uh, O'Malley, who writes the graphic novel and co-wrote the script, um, was not a fan. Uh, uh, and so, like, which I think they even went to write that he ends up with Ramona in the graphic novel after, like, doing this movie and kind of seeing how it turned out. Kind of like a Game of Thrones situation, but, like, not as... Uh, intense with that stuff can i can i just say this is why you need writers in production exactly. shout out the writer strike because then the movie gets released and he ends up with the teenage girl so exactly just throwing that out there um this change by the way was done three months before the movie came out which is kind of crazy <laughs> that's Ooh. a fast uh switch up thanks uh, Michael Sarah was the first and only person in mind for the role of Scott Pilgrim after nice. Edgar Wright saw him in Arrested Development. Nice. Um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead was also uh, someone who he wanted immediately, um, which is kind of cool, too. Uh, she's also from North Carolina, which is the same place Ramona is from in the books. I don't think it's ever mentioned in the movie, but she happens to be from the same state as her character. Destiny. Um, the title sequence uh, idea... 
didn't come until late into the production. And this is something that we both really liked. And he uh, was suggested this idea by none other than Quentin Tarantino, who told him to to do this, which I think is kind of fascinating. Dubs. Dubs for Quentin. A super, super random. Uh, Ellen Wong, who is the actress who plays Knives Chow, uh, is actually th- three years older than Michael Sarah in real life. I thought that was kind of good. <laughs> Made me feel a little bit better about watching yeah. that scene. Those- um, this is a kind of like a fun little detail. All of the X's have references to their numbers throughout the film. So like, for example, um, with Brandon Routh, he's like the third evil X. Mm-hmm. And so like, he has like three stripes on his pants and he has a three shirt and he like does something in threes. And then like Michael Sarah, his number is zero. So he has like a, I think a shirt that has a zero on it. And like oh, he cool. drinks Coke Zero, which is kind of fun. <laughs> and uh, so, like there, are, there's all these little number references, which is kind of fun too. There's also like um, on like road signs, there's like countdowns to like how many X's are left on road signs, which, which is kind of cool. cool. They do some fun stuff in that. I like. That. Uh, I mentioned Bill Hader did the voiceovers in the film, which I thought was so great. Uh, we talked about Beck, who wrote all the Sex Bomb songs, yeah. which is so cool. That's so fun um edgar wright when we mentioned that the legend of zelda music he had to write a letter to nintendo asking (laughs) for permission to use the song from legend of zelda uh he called the game's music a nursery rhyme to a generation which i think is kind of cool Oh, that's cute i like that um he you can tell he just loves all of the source material and oh yeah treats it very seriously um in okay we talked about this in the scene where scott opens the door to ramona it took took over 30 takes for michael sarah to throw the package over shoulders straight into the bin beautiful and uh finally my most interesting fact i believe is edgar wright encouraged the actors not to blink during takes to give it a feel of an anime oh that's awesome isn't that sick so yeah they don't blink yeah i think that's a really fun one a really fun one those are some good little facts. I like those. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Carter, does this movie pass the Bechdel test? I want to say no. Am I, I right? think it technically does, it? does, and only because of knives. Because, But like, also, it's like kind of a technicality. I'm going to explain it to you. Please. Whenever knives is shitting, like she's shit-talking uh, uh, Ramona to her mm-hmm. friend while she's dying her hair. She's like uh, complaining about Scott, but like she's really like she's talking about Ramona. Ramona. So it's like, but like it's kind of like just her like guiding it about. I don't know. It's kind of tricky because like it's a obviously, gray area. Like, yeah, it's definitely a gray area because she's like shit talking Ramona, but like the subtext is that she's really just mad at Scott and like I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Got um, it. we'll, so I'm gonna say like maybe a yes, but like a barely, and maybe it's a maybe. We'll put an asterisk on it. Yeah, for sure. Um, does this pass the Rick Dalton meme test? No. No, I don't think they say Scott Pilgrim versus the world, but they say um, Scott Pilgrim a lot. That they do. That they do. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to mention before we move on to the list is life? Um, other than that, people forget that Ramona worked for Amazon. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> Quick. <laughs> what's the, what's the web address for amazon.ca? <laughs> Amazon does. <laughs> so funny. So good. Terrific. Uh, uh, Scott Pilgrim. Good movie. That's my, that's my final takeaway. All right, let's move on to the list is life. The list is an absolute good. The list 
is life. All right. Uh, Jackson, this is the 24th film uh, entering the list is life. Uh, so we need to decide where to put it. So I think we should start. So what did you give it? You gave it five stars. I gave yeah. it four. So I'm looking at the list. Let's start somewhere in the middle. Uh, let's start at like 13. Is uh okay. is this is this movie better than Titanic? Ooh, I mean like very different. I think it I like it more than Titanic, but like I get that it's Titanic, you know. Yeah, that that's what we're going to come up against against our cult classic favorites. Yeah. kind of go up. Cuz I don't think like, you're going to put are you going to put it up above The Dark Knight? Like I, not. I, I I mean no. So I guess I guess I should have started there. Do we think here? Let's start here. Does it better than Knives Out? Oh, see that? Oh, that's tough. Well, that's here's the tough. thing. I got wait. Maybe this is a better comparison. Maybe we're working you, down. I know. If you compare it to uh, Into the Spider Verse in your brain, which is better to you? Where does I it think lie Into the Spider Verse is better, but I do love Scott Pilgrim. I feel like putting it underneath Spider Verse is fair to me, and I'm pretty happy with that. Do you think? Above or under Spider Verse, above Muppet Movie, I think so. Okay, let's uh, let's do that then. I think that's a that's fair. Scott Pilgrim will now be sitting at number seventeen out of twenty four. We're almost a quarter of the way through. How about that? I know. As Very far good. as rewatchability goes, too, I think this is like towards the top. Like this is such a fun oh, one totally. to throw on, like at all times. It's so easy to get through. It never, it's there's never a slow moment in this movie. Never, no. It's always propelling forward. That's terrific. Uh, Jackson, the actor list. We're gonna add one to the list today, buddy. We have uh, Michael Sarah uh, entering the stratosphere with Superbad and Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Yeah. So, Speaking of Superbad, all the Jonah Hill craziness right now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yikes. We didn't mention kind that. Kind of a weird was... guy. Yeah. No, no, no. It's kind of weird. Maybe. If your girlfriend's a surfer, don't be weird whenever she surfs. <laughs> don't be <laughs> so weird. He That's seems some very good strange. advice. Yeah. I don't know. He's, anyway. He, like, yeah, let's not get into it. But yeah, we, he's weird. We will be talking about him somewhere down the line. So oh, yeah. get there. Um, what do you think? Michael Sarah better or worse than Jamie Lee Curtis in Everything Ever All at Once? Better. Knives Out. Better? I think I'm better. with you. Yeah, let's let's put him up over that. Do what do you think over Michael Caine in three movies that we've seen? Uh, the Dark Knight, Prestige, and Interstellar. I kind of think he's doing more in his two roles, like like as like the main characters. I think he's doing a lot. I like it. Let's put him above it. Now we need to have a conversation about Emma Stone. Is he going above Emma Stone in Superbad and La La Land? Mm. La La Land's just too strong, I think. I think I it's think too so strong too. of a performance. It's too good. So we'll put it's Michael Sarah below Emma Stone. Is it crazy that we put him above Michael Caine? Is that crazy? I don't think so. I mean, The Prestige and Interstellar, he's not doing a whole lot, you know? He's, he's not doing a whole lot. Like, The Dark Knight is where he's, like, really shining as Alfred, for sure. Yeah. But, and yeah, you're right. I think he's doing... It's It's more of a, like quality over quantity kind of thing i think yeah he's supporting michael sarah's carrying these movies so mm-hmm. i think so 
Now, do we need to add Bill Hader to the list as the voice and also the cop in Superbad, or d- does he lay lie? I don't think so. I think <laughs> okay. that's too uh, too in the, in the weeds. weeds, but that yeah. is fun. I do like that. Amazing. That's that's all we got for now. And this is the only Edgar Wright film, so he will stick not on the director's list. It's the only one I think we have on the. Is that true? The only one on the list. I think so. So I think so. Yeah. Cool. So far. All right, then, Jackson, you feeling lucky? You could ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? I'm feeling lucky. Well, do you want to do the... Oh, yeah. We're doing the Cinephile game. Yeah, we are. I'm a goober. I forgot what the order was. Hey, you've been gone a while. I'm rusty. Yeah, it's all good. We good. We good. (laughs) So last week, uh, Helena Bonham Carter... Or not last week. Three weeks ago. Goodness. Uh, Helena Bonham Carter Shoot. defeated Sylvester Stallone in a really mm-hmm, heated battle. Mm-hmm. We went back and forth on that guy. So, uh, really did. yeah. So, what do we got this week, sir? Who's going up against Helena Bonham Carter? We have, ooh, Rachel Vice. Ooh, Vice. Oh boy. Okay. Refreshing myself on Rachel Vice because literally the first thing that came to my mind was Black <laughs> Widow, and that needs to not be the case. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, remember oh. when we thought she was going to be the villain secretly? Yeah, I remember that. Remember when we thought it was maybe going to be a good movie? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, the lobster. What's your favorite Rachel Vice? Yeah, she's amazing in the lobster. Really fun in the Mummy, also. I think my favorite of hers is the, the favorite. I think that's my favorite. The favorite Rachel Vice. is also really great. Yeah, people forget she's the Mummy. Just like female protagonist, people forget that mm-hmm. she's good in that. Those are fun movies, the I Lovely Bones, yeah. she's good in. Mm-hmm. She's in Oz, Fred Claus, powerful Fred Claus. You're so right. She's in. Uh, the I Born saw that Legacy. movie in theaters, and the film caught on fire, and then we left. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrific. I love that for you. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I. She's great. Constant Gardner, she won an Oscar for that, but I don't really ride for that movie mm-hmm. very, very hard. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm still leaning hell on a bottom Carter, but I do love the lobster and the favorite. But in terms of, I don't know, a, a hell on a bottom Carter really gets out of the box, you know? So I, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling. What do you think? What are your thoughts? I mean, personally, I've seen more of the better Rachel Weiss performances and I have like the more like impressive Helena Bonham Carter performances. True. True. She's true. she's in Les Mis. She's really fun in Les Mis. She's, she's, fun, in she's fun. Rachel Weiss uh, is in Oz mm-hmm. the Great and Powerful, allegedly. Mm-hmm. As uh, I've never seen that movie. As Evanora. She's <laughs> in the Corpse Bride? Oh, she's the Corpse Bride in the Corpse Bride. <laughs> I didn't know that. She's in Corpse Bride? Oh, she's the Corpse Bride. <laughs> Does Corpse Bride send it over? She's also you? in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. She's in all the time. Oh, she's movies. Mrs. Bucket. Charlie Bucket. Mm. Does that do it for you? Yeah. Yeah, I'll give it to her. She's <laughs> fine. I like both nice. of them, honestly. I do too. We'll talk more about her with the lobster, though, when we get to it, which will be fun. Mm-hmm. So oh, I can't wait. And Constantine. She's in Constantine. Huh. Never seen Constantine. I'll watch it someday. All right. Haven't. Uh, cool. <laughs> Helena Bonham Carter moves on to her second round. She'll maybe be a champ next week. We will see. Woo-hoo. Amazing. 
Uh, Jackson, I'll do a quick filmography update when we hit the road, Jack. Don't so, you look back. No more, no more, no more, no more. So, uh, week 25. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so we have, it's been three weeks since I've given an update. So, but not a lot has changed. Jeff still in first place uh, with 316 points with seven movies. Cody in second with 278 points with eight movies. David in third with 261 points with eight movies. Carter in fourth with 248 points, seven movies. Brian in fifth, 175 points, four movies. Jackson in sixth with 118, three movies. Corbin in seventh, 110 points, three movies. And Matt in last with two movies with 66 points. Mission Impossible is coming this weekend. It's looking very promising so far. Reviews are good. It's already cracked the top 10 and that doesn't have box office yet. So I think that's going to be a, a good one for Brian. Brian's got a good little roster going. He's uh, p- putting up a fight. Tom Cruise is back to own 2023, I think. So we'll see. Indiana Jones won the box office last week again for you, Jackson. So shout out to you and Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm, Congrats. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mission Impossible is going up head to head against the Studio Ghibli movie, How Do You Live, which has had no marketing, no promotion. It's really strange. It's That's Miyazaki's so like last I'm really film. excited for that. It's premiering uh, this weekend in Japan. Mm-hmm. So won't see it yet, but uh, so eventually it'll get to us. And expect some early reactions from Barbie Oppenheimer this week. Excited for that. And yeah, and SAG is going to, you know, movies that haven't been released yet. Maybe are in trouble. I don't know. With uh, SAG going on strike and movies were still in production, mm-hmm. we will find out more as we go down the line. But yes, that is what we are looking to. And obviously Mission Impossible coming out this weekend. We will be talking all things Mission Impossible next week with our buddy Brian coming on the pod to chat it up with us about Dead Reckoning and all of Tom Cruise's antics in Mission Impossible and maybe Scientology. Maybe we'll talk about that. Who knows? (laughs) Maybe. Who's to say? (laughs) But uh, with that, Jackson, we're done. We did it. Where can they follow us on Instagram, sir? They can follow us on Instagram at roughcut underscore pod. Mm-hmm. Um, go to our little link tree, click our Spotify, give us a follow there. Um, also, like maybe when threads, if that gets bigger, we'll go on threads. I don't yeah. know yet, but there's not a way to switch accounts very easily. So I haven't even begun with that. But yeah, maybe. Yeah, there. it's really weird right now. It's in its infancy. But maybe when Zuckerberg yeah. and Elon Musk get in their cage fight or whatever, then things so will stupid shape up <laughs> i hate the timeline that we're in it's so bad we live in a world man it's it's <laughs> something it's dire times but we'll talk about movies for you guys so follow <laughs> us also on twitter at roughgut underscore co and we post the episodes there give us a follow on spotify like us comment post repost do some things for us give us a listen give us a follow <laughs> and yeah We'll be back next week with Brian Dickinson to talk Mission Impossible. So we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. In case I don't see you. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night.